Stories to Dismember is a podcast where hosts Aaron, Lindsay, and Miguel recap their horror film pick of the week based on a monthly theme. Sometimes they go on tangents, often they'll crack jokes, but they always return to dismember the film, scene by scene, until leaving you with their final reviews. Subscribe to catch your STDs. All right, welcome to this week's episode of Stories to Dismember, and you are hanging out with me, Aaron, and my two co-hosts, Lindsay and Miguel. It me. Yo, 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 what's <laughs> up? Yes, it is us. It is y'all. It is we we. Here. The special guests who are on every week. Special somethings. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, without you right. two guys, you know, I wouldn't be able to do this show. Yeah. It'd just be me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't listen to a podcast that only has one person talking. Yeah, it's good to yeah. know. Either. Yeah. It doesn't work. It doesn't. I'm calling everybody, <laughs> calling all you out. <laughs> Start a podcast for Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. Get a beef. So, speaking of which, <laughs> we are continuing our found footage theme this month. We just did last week, Hill House, LLC. This week, we are doing Savage Land from 2015. That's crazy. I was 17. That's crazy. Really? This movie came out. That was doesn't like feel 67. Like... <laughs> oh, Jesus. I was 83 years old. Wait, how old were you, Aaron? In 2015? Yes. Uh-huh. So that's too high to count. I don't know. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. I, I would say 44. How's it? Okay. Now we're discussing Savage Land. Savage Land. So we're sounding like a script made by a computer. <laughs> and now we are talking about... <laughs> Please proceed. We will proceed to talk about in this episode. <laughs> horror has no borders. Oh, that's a good tagline. Yeah, that is good. good. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> that's pretty good. So, when a small town near the Arizona Mexico border is wiped out overnight, suspicion falls on the lone survivor. But a roll of photos. The survivor took that night tells a different story. Aaron, do you want to talk about why you chose this film? Because this was your pick this for this week. Yeah, because it's scary as shit. Oh, okay, well, that's good enough. <laughs> no, <laughs> good. no good I, I just, we, we're doing found footage, and there's so many ways you can do that. So many ways, and I just thought it was cool to me that if you haven't seen the movie spoiler, if you if you haven't seen it, go watch it now and come back. We'll wait for you. It's done with pictures, still mm. pictures, and not video. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some video towards the end that we'll discuss, but you know, it's 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 done with a dude and a camera. And I I, I like that concept. That's why I like the movie as well, too. And yeah, I I don't want to get into it too much right now, but it's genius. Like. I'll get into it later, but I'm just going to say right now, I loved the use of photos and sort of like film negatives too, 
to be such a smart move. I loved that so much. I didn't expect that either. Well, thank you. That makes me feel good. I like it when you guys like my picks. Yes. I think we all feel that way. Like it's Yeah. It's like when you show a friend a song and you're like, oh, they're gonna love this. This is they gonna feel it. I love this song so much, they're gonna love it too. And they just silently listen and you just sweat thinking, My God, this was a mistake. This was a mistake. <laughs> or they just start talking to you in the middle of it and you're like, <laughs> Or they just say nothing at all and you're like, Oh my god, they hate it. They hate yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah. That's what I was thinking as I was watching rewatching the movie. I was like, I hope the guys are enjoying this as much as <laughs> mine. Yeah, I actually did watch this movie way before, like by myself, like a couple years ago. Because if I, it's on YouTube, anybody wants to watch it, it's on YouTube. Huh. That's cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, I was like, oh shit, that's cool. That's cool that we get to do this movie because uh, I like it. That's my review. Word, I'm done. No, that's uh, <laughs> uh, I like it. I was interested that this was directed and written by three different people. Mm-hmm. Phil Go- Phil Guidry, Guidry, who knows? Simon Herbert and David Well, all three directed and wrote this. Hmm. Oh, same as uh. Last the Hell House had three co-directors too. That's cool. Oh, yeah. oh brothers, that's interesting. I guess it helps. Yeah, uh, maybe it helps with a documentary. Yeah. You've got like yeah, different yeah. perspectives contributing to. Yeah. yeah, you can get a different feel for each scene. Yeah, because yeah. different direction. Direction. Yeah, I do wonder mm. if that's how that tends to happen. But all right, should we get into this? Or anybody yeah. want to say something? No. Nope. All right. Uh, well, how do we start? We start with a bunch of news clips, as you do. How House was like a found footage, like movie, movie, movie. This mm-hmm. is more like one hour news special you'd see on TV, like um, mm, like a like a saying? true TV type of. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is what this reminded me of. So it starts with a bunch of news clips here on the town of Sangre de Cristo, which is an awesome town name. What does that translate to? It means the blood of Christ. Ah, okay. That's awesome. That's fucking metal, bro. That's fucking that works metal. really well. It's a good song name. Uh, introduced to Sangre de Cristo, which is a town in Arizona, border town. The whole town was murdered. The whole fucking town. Everybody. 57 people, which is a small town. But a lot of people. But a lot of people. Yes. And one night. Apparently, by this Mexican, uh, apparently is, is, is uh, blaming it on a Mexican as you do, the lone survivor. Kind of jumping ahead, but you know we tie it in. Uh, yeah, found heading to across the border, which is usually the reverse. Also, apparently, yeah. <laughs> Miguel, you're the only one who can say Mexican in a snotty way like that as the only Mexican (laughs) (laughs) amongst the three of us. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. I am Mexican, full. Apparently, I'm still white in a weird sense because my ancestors were taken over by Spaniards, which I hate. Yeah, you know what it is. People don't look at me and don't think I'm white, but apparently have to put it on official papers. That's crazy. Because apparently Mexican isn't a race, even though we would be if we weren't taken over by horrible people. But whatever, I'm not going to get into that. I kind of get the same thing. Like, 
Yeah. The few times when I had a run in with the the law, they put me down as Caucasian. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna get in that's a whole conversation. People trying to delete ancestry, which is horrible. <laughs> I'm not gonna get into my militant stance here. Just use it to to f- yeah. to fuel this recording. Yes. Yeah, this one recording. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it, it it comes up a lot in this movie. It yeah, does, it, it does. does. I'm not gonna get into uh, you know what it is, but uh, uh, it is uh, an interesting route in this movie, which is the race thing, which is a thing in mm-hmm. Arizona more in Arizona. If you remember a couple of years ago, Arizona was not a good place to be if you were Latino or Hispanic or looked not white, which is uh, yeah, it was a whole thing. So it's it, I like that they incorporated that in this movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh yes. Uh, Francisco Zalazar, thirty-eight years old, the one uh, suspect they have apparently killed fifty-seven people in one night. Which, if he did, that's good numbers. But <laughs> that's <laughs> props. But uh, and I apparently bu- took photos of the victims. Yeah. Yes. As he did. It. As he did. It. Very talented. <laughs> So we got we got we got a bunch of news news stuff like that. Uh, just recapping a bunch of people talking heads talking. You got photos, helicopter footage. Yeah, a, a summary kind of like the thesis. Like when you're writing an essay, you have to write the thesis of what the essay is going to be about. This is the uh, little two minute recap of the whole thing. I like that. I like the the one line at the end before the title card is like I I, I didn't I, I didn't own a gun before but after watching those photos I have one since I've been sleeping mm. with one I like that line that's a cool line yes a bunch of different perspectives a bunch of different people's opinions on this thing and then we get Savage Land which with the photo of very creepy black and white photos of a hill mountain top. With a bunch of figures coming down on it, looking very creepy. Savage Land. Cool title. And then, General Consensus, serial killer, did all the killings. 57 people, one night. Suspect found Francisco Zalazar jailed in high security. Photos emerged, changed everything. And they were calling it the third largest mass murder in American Mm. history. Oh, Third, 57 people. That's All crazy. All on one night. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, at the time, probably. Wonder what number one is. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's not a good stat to have. No. <laughs> As a country. Those Jesus. are not bragging numbers. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, yeah. Town quartered off by police. Body count still. Uh, they said body count wasn't solid. Apparently, by the just the oh, I guess the dead bodies by themselves. But just the ones, ones that they were able to yeah, recover yeah, was yeah, over yeah, a dozen yeah, victims. Yeah. Police scouring for clues as they do. Sangre, sangre de Cristo, sangre de Cristo, <laughs> Arizona near the Mexican border. Border towns aren't fun. Um, when they talk about how drug trafficking, human trafficking. Mm-hmm. And more like illegal activities happen in this place. It just really like rang true for areas like this. Like when you hear about like missing mm. women is what I was thinking of. Yeah. That's what really like yeah. when I was like, this film feels very real right now. Like this feels real and scary. 
because they use like real life issues in this. Yes, it's uh... heavy. And the newspapers say that there was more crime per capita here than other places. More dangerous than you would expect for this population size. That yeah, it doesn't uh, doesn't seem like that should be the case. Population of fifty seven people. Yeah, I'd never be able to live there. <laughs> and just in general, like a small town like that. I was mm-hmm. like, I, ugh, ugh, everybody would have to know each other. Jesus Christ. That's my biggest thing. I'd have to see the same people every day. I mean, Jesus I grew up in a town of 500 people, and that enough hey, was, yeah. like, bad. That was not good, and it was 10 times the population that we're seeing yeah, in this movie. Literally. Yeah. So you, you said no media coverage for the homicide, which is crazy. Most bodies, par- partial remains. Some bloody trails ran a quarter mile like the bodies were dragged. Other blood trails disappeared. Men, women, children, everyone. South Arizona, the vanishing capital of the United States. Ay, ay, ay. Francisco Zalazar detained as he was attempting to flee across the border. Illegal immigrant. Pretty convenient fit. Yeah. Yeah. Trucker saw Zalazar passed out on the highway, took him to the hospital. That's where the police went and everything, so... And then uh, I jump to the public access clip of the sheriff. We meet the sheriff mm-hmm. here, John Perano. John Perano, who's an older white man, just saying. White man, just talking. Fucking, I don't know what he's talking. He says there's a profile for serial killers, even though we know there is no. Oh real profile. my gosh! Can I go off yeah. on him? Yeah, <laughs> there is no real profile on serial killers. I just want to say that everybody's different. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The the sheriff, yeah, he says that he checks off all. He says he checked off all yeah, the boxes yeah. of being a serial killer, and yeah. his his criteria was a loner who kept to himself, right? Has anger issues, right? And has a low class background, right? That is his criteria. If that's his criteria, yeah, I kind of check off two of those boxes. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I've always been an introvert, and. Yeah. An elementary school teacher even classified me as a loner, like made me go to the counselor or whatever. And I come from a low class background. Like I come from very humble beginnings. So uh, I don't know. That sheriff wouldn't like me so far, but I don't have anger issues and I'm not a person of color. So and I'm not an immigrant. So I have that in my favor, I guess, in the sheriff's eyes. Yeah, I would argue. What a fucking yeah! It's weird that he said that Francisco Salazar had anger issues because I don't remember that ever being brought up up again. Yeah, anybody else? Yeah, 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 that's true. (laughs) Most of them said maybe he was angry when he was arrested, and I'm not going to say like whether that was (laughs) valid or not. That anybody who's being arrested would be angry, you know, whether they're innocent or not. So if that's what he's basing it on, then he's you know yeah he's being unreasonable this this sheriff guy just saying it right now yeah he's just trying to look intelligent for the camera Mm, very bad criteria to have (laughs) he also said that his father abandoned him at an early age and that he was a drifter and that just makes me feel sad for salazar like nothing he has said so far so he was abandoned i think we should all feel sad for salazar 
Well, yeah, yeah we haven't gotten to why yet, but well, just just based maybe. on this limited information, the sheriff was saying, like, I did not trust him. This uh, sheriff just seemed a little bit unreliable in what he was saying. Yeah, it's it's tough. We'll get to one thing where I'm like, okay, maybe you have a point arresting him for, you know, it's like, I can't argue that. But yes, okay. But for now, it's still like, I mean, yeah, you arrested the one survivor, I guess. Uh, sheriff claiming they didn't arrest Zalazar because he was Mexican, but because he was covered in 15 different blood, blood types. Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah. That's pretty weird. Okay. I would even I would be like, okay, that's pretty weird. Arrest the, <laughs> yes, arrest the guy with fifty different types of blood on him. Okay, yes, that's true. I'll give you that one. Radio host. Oh, radio host. This guy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, I just put here radio host talking about uh, the culture, Cholo culture, which isn't even a Mexican culture. It's a Mexican American culture, which is different. If you called a Mexican a Cholo, he'd be angry and you'd be offended because that's Tell not. Tell him, Miguel. Yeah. Go off. <laughs> it's Mexican and Mexican American, very different. <laughs> very different. Uh... Well, there you go. Like, that is. <laughs> that's, that's our Californian thing. That's so. really good writing, actually, to make yeah. this radio host spout misinformation because yeah. we just we just see so much of that now slanted information yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think his name was guess guess greer he was another older white man and yeah. he had a yeah. catchy radio host it's name guess his name was gus that's all you need to know <laughs> don't be cussing uh, the guess oh god. oh god i can even imagine that. <laughs> uh yeah southern californian Mexican-American culture for some reason being put on this Mexican who emigrated here, which is weird. I guess he was talking about the culture uh, is loves death. I think he was implying like the day of the dead thing, which I mm. find weird because that's not what he it is. He was just like feeding this narrative <laughs> yeah. around a man who like we haven't really seen evidence of like. Yeah, true to life. People do that demonizing the other when you want to spout racist stuff <laughs> you, you try to dehumanize them mm. which is what they're doing here there's a reporter called lawrence ross which is also one uh, a guy on uh, uh, salazar's side who talking yeah. about how racist arizona was and how the kkk had a huge presence there which yeah. He yes. like he he provides like a lot of good yeah. context, but he de- he definitely too. has like a strong perspective and yeah. is forming his opinions of this case around his biases. Like he speaks truth. Well, yes. But as far as like whether it relates to this case or not, we have yet to see. He's very heavy on the race uh, side of it. Issue, which is yeah. A, yeah. Which, I mean, you can't ignore. Because, uh, yeah. I'd be right there with Absolutely. him, Absolutely. <laughs> I'd be sitting and, next I mean, to him, honestly. Yeah. He did a lot of work, too. Yes. I mean, he wrote a book on the subject. He did a lot of research. And he, I mean, we'll get to it. I'll, I'll let you get to it. But, yeah. I mean, yeah. he did a lot of back-end work on, on uh, Salazar. Yeah. If I skip over it, you can hop in because I might have skipped over Don. Because <laughs> once we got to the to the thing, once we get into it, to the photos, I was yeah. like, I ignored everything and just started 
going with the rundown of what happened. So, uh, I just I don't remember yeah. if he. I feel like it's implied here. I don't yeah. know. I can't remember if it's explicitly said here or if it ever is. Is that from that reporter Lawrence's perspective? It's the KKK that is the culprit for these murders. Mm. That's what he was suggesting. There is a suggestion. There is like a. He, I got more over that Arizona is just has a racist history yeah type of thing it, it's well well yeah 57 people dead you would think there'd be like maybe Oregon you know in, I get where those are coming yeah. from like how the fuck could one person do this in one night honestly come on bro yeah like, <laughs> like what, I, think, what I'm like trying to say is that I like yeah. that he uh, he's on Salazar's side because he knows that this is a person of color that's being persecuted for something there's no evidence for. But Mm -hmm. it also feels like there's a lot of emphasis on the history, the racial discrimination and violence, which is totally valid. And it was honestly like refreshing to see this kind of perspective in this film. He not only mentioned Arizona, he mentioned like Tulsa and the zoot suit riots and yeah, yeah. and I think, like that too. So. Yeah. I think it's great that he's mentioning that, but I think I don't think he's really he doesn't directly blame who we later find to be like the. He's very. I'm, like, tr- I'm yeah, trying yeah, yeah, so yeah. hard to not like spoil anything. <laughs> he's going with the history. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's going with the history of these events. Like yeah, it events sort of feels happened. like he is yeah. on the other end of where the sheriff is. Like the yeah. sheriff is approaching this case from his biases right. as like an older white man from a place of power. You know, like he's the sheriff of this town. And on the other end, there's this black reporter who has done his due diligence and knows all about the history, not just in Arizona, but these other states. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. He's kind of coming at it from his perspective, his experiences as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is... It, it (laughs) It almost feels like we have to talk about this movie like it's real, like it's... A mm-hmm. documentary we just saw last night on TV or something. Yeah. It's a piece of fiction, but it deals with very real, mm-hmm. important yes. subjects. Yes. So you have to tread carefully and be respectful. Yeah, because it's like it's not very fantastical. Mm-hmm. Like it's very mm-hmm. realistic, mm-hmm. down to earth. Mm-hmm. So, you know. I mean, maybe that that's what they wanted from the movie is discussions like this, like we're having. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's very heavy on the realism part of it. And once, you know, even when we get to the non-realistic part of it, they still talk about it like how you would in real life, which is pretty cool. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I love, I like that. So yeah. anyway, yes, very few minorities get a fair trial with an all-white jury, I guess. Yes. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. Like all of this is sort of accumulating to the point yeah. that the jury had pretty much already decided before the trial that Salazar was guilty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of them said uh, it took 30 minutes for them to decide he was guilty, I guess, as a jury. Yeah, yeah. and then, like, the radio host or... Yeah. yeah. 
that was pretty damning for him to say it like that. It's like, okay, we're, <laughs> it's very clear like what your priorities are. Crazy. Now we had to Nogales, Mexico, with Salazar's sister. Maria. I keep, I keep, uh, keep, I keep writing Salazar. What was his first name? Francisco. Francis, yes. Francisco. Sorry. sorry. For some reason, I just completely uh, forgot about his first name. All right. Sister, talking about her brother. It's weird having to defend your brother. Yeah, it just says, I can't imagine him killing a town. Which is, yeah, what else can you say? And then we had to Greg Daubman, Salazar's lawyer. Is attorney and lawyer the same thing, or is it two different things? Uh, I think an attorney same is... Thing. Yeah. I guess a lawyer is somebody who is trained in the law. Yeah, an attorney. <laughs> Hold, oh. on. Hold on. I thought you were just ending you it there. Do this to me. Yeah, I got you. An attorney is somebody who's trained in the law, but also practices in court. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I like the lawyer, Greg Dobman. Yes. Attorney. Apparently, this was only his third case after an embezzlement case and a petty theft case. And yeah. I love an underdog. And well. <laughs> And I love the Phoenix Wright series. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also love Better Call Saul. Like, I love Saul Goodman oh, from Breaking Bad. So they're both, like, underdog attorneys. So immediately I was like, Greg Dobman isn't, you know, he's, like, representing this guy who doesn't seem like he should be <laughs> he guilty yeah, of put murder. Put brace on. What, what do you mean? Let's just put it on. <laughs> Well, True. Greg Dobman, he didn't seem to be much of a yeah. character like I was expecting. He didn't seem as interesting as Phoenix Wright or Saul Goodman, but I was in support of this character from the get-go. Yeah, well, that's true to life, too. They usually do, for these big cases, get, like, attorneys, or yeah, I'll say attorney, to be technical about it. Mm-hmm. But for the layman lawyer uh yes this i wish he was a southern lawyer stereotype <laughs> but he wasn't so if they had a honestly they did a great job casting for this lawyer because if they had gotten a more characterful person <laughs> it would have taken me out of this documentary true, true. it would have been too too silly he would have been the most unrealistic thing of them. yeah he would have <laughs> Zal- salazar didn't say a word during the trial important things about the trial some wounds on the bodies were that of human bites huh where's this going mm. yes where's this go weird where do we go now do we test uh, the bites no no <laughs> why, why the fuck would you do that and lawrence comes in and says uh could only do forensics on seven bodies that's mm. crazy. Cool graphic of the town and the location of the bodies. I like that little graphic. Yeah, that's pretty that, cool. That's what reminded me of the true crime documentaries you see on TV, like the specials, because they always the have that. The little 3D model of the town. Mm. Either that or recreations. They should have done recreations. That would have been cool if they did recreations. Of- <laughs> <laughs> you, you know? I'm, I'm glad they didn't, though, because like it, it was such a more serious yeah, tone yeah. and documentary that if it if it had those recreations <laughs> they like, would have to be bad yeah, to yeah. Work. actors yeah like and that create, would take me out of it i think 
they <laughs> created the version of events from both sides, like the one where Salazar is killing everybody, and then we see to get the pictures, and you know. Anyway, yeah, whatever they didn't, but you know, uh, that would have been full blown TV, uh, true crime. Yes, wounds on bodies, human bites could only do forensics on seven bodies. Graphic of the town, teeth marks. Uh, Lawrence comes in the reporter and says, uh, "One thing." was that teeth marks on the bodies didn't match Francisco's teeth. Huh? Mm. And importantly, mm. what what he else? Had the same bite marks on his body that matched the victims. They failed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Lawrence just says, yeah, they failed on that one. <laughs> and it fades out to Carlos Oliveras is a former bo- border patrol agent. And uh, semi informal host, true. We he's see a good. lot of him, yeah. yeah. Uh, kind of walks good. us through the town, yeah. I like he's him good. a lot, yeah. He's very good, yeah, job. he's a good guy. Of all the, uh, all, all the perspectives that we see, all the people being interviewed, he's the one that, yeah, he's, yeah, that you're supposed to trust the most, I think. Yeah, he doesn't know exactly what happened, but he knows what they say happened and didn't happen. Yeah. type of thing and like he said being a border patrol agent you see horrible things in your job and he also i like how he's very good at his job i'm like yeah talking all yeah. right giving he says like the horrible things he says just in general and he's like in the last few years started seeing things that it got hard to explain find mm. bodies that were chewed not by mountain chewed. lions uh yeah that's a good that's a very good term <laughs> chewed chewed they were chewed not by mountain lions or buzzards, and nobody talked about it. I yeah. love that little uh, UTs. <laughs> and I, I have a quote from him. He said, whatever happened in Sandre de Cristo couldn't be the work of just one man. I don't need a law mm. degree to know that. Yeah. Ha. Huh. Got you. Mm. <laughs> Lawyers and attorneys out there. <laughs> He's probably the best talker in this movie. <laughs> I could listen to him just describe stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, couldn't be done with by one man. Salazar convicted to the death penalty, as you do. And we, we find Salazar was only interviewed on camera once on the evening of his arrest. Ah. And Lawrence, the reporter, said it took him months to get the video, filed a bunch of Freedom of Information Acts papers. Acts. Which is, which even if you do that, they do the papers. You come back, they can still have stuff blacked out. Yeah, they don't have redacted. to give you redacted. They don't, get, get, they don't have to give you all the information, which is crazy to me. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. They don't have to give you shit. Yeah, it took months to get the video. An interview. You cut to the interview, video interview, which is cool. Okay, this is where the important things happen here. Salazar says according to him, that people were the same people, but they were dead. Huh. What does this mean? Mm. What does this mean? Tape, we find out, was not used in trial. Why? That is weird. Even from the perspective of finding him guilty, you would kind of want the tape to 
Do you think he's guilty? You'd show it to show how crazy he is, you know, <laughs> her unstable yeah. historias, you know. Even and they said it was evidence. barred from being used as evidence in the second yeah. trial as well. Wonder why Carlos, the border patrol agent, he's like, well, I mean, his story isn't any crazier than the official story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what it is. And then we get the psychotherapist whose name is uh, Renee, Renee Davies. Renee Davies interviewed Zalazar. She said it took quite a while for Zalazar to start answering questions. Level of trauma of Francisco, similar to those who were in combat zones, which is a crazy description. Now it's crazy. That's wild. Yeah, like it sounded like yeah. she was saying that he seemed to have PTSD, but she didn't yes. yeah. outright say that. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it's uh, that's intense. Yes, yeah, Salazar says a line that says, "At least they won't get me in here. They're still out there." What? Oops, sorry. Yeah. Before the, yes. before that happened, okay. In the footage, we also see him start singing to himself. Yes, and we later find out why. But for her, she wonders if he was regressing back to his childhood and that was his way of healing himself mm, because yeah. of his PTSD. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, 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 that's a good point. Again, you could use that as, as evidence to see how crazy he is. Pers- yeah. Person singing to himself, rocking back and forth. Usually, I just, I just wanted work. to point that out for something yeah. that happens later in the film. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, Oh, but yeah, as you said, he says something that's really creepy. Yeah, it's, uh, yes, they won't get me in here. They're still out there. Ay, come on, mm. bro. If I heard that line, I'm like, <laughs> start hyperventilating. I'm like, like uh, uh, we need to check on something. He just said something. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd be like, uh, do you know where they are? Yeah. <laughs> How far away are they? I need to get out of here, bro. But according to her, he doesn't yes. seem insane. Yeah. The attorney for Salazar is like, well, my, uh, I was going to go for the in- insanity plea, you know, like, and I guess that's not going to work because mm-hmm. she, she, she says he isn't insane, which, yeah. Yeah, it is hard to be labeled as insane in the real world real life so yeah. so really yes is. leave it to the experts anyway um, but it cuts yes. to the reporter lawrence who says that he wasn't crazy but what he saw that night was crazy yeah that gives the same energy as like i believe he believes what he saw it's like <laughs> like i believe him but like, yeah so yeah he isn't crazy but some happened that night that was pretty intense. Where were we at? Oh, uh, oh I love this part. Mm-hmm. So this is when we dive more into the photos, yes. which is very important. Francisco, Francisco, Francisco. <laughs> Francisco says some of them were bloody, blood everywhere. And he had to take photos to prove something. And everybody, everybody in town and his family knew that he was a photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, and his, sis- his sister said that the ca- he had the camera in the first place because it reminded him of their mother. Yeah. Yeah. But for the people who thought that he was guilty, this was a strike against him. 
Yeah. Even the the professional photographer they talked to said he had a photographer's eye. So. Yeah. In a, yeah, in a weird way, this is like the most, in an artistic kind of way, and like this is the real world. Like these photos would go for like millions of dollars, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They'd be like very high, like bidding prices for these photos because apparently yeah. they're really, really good in like an artistic sense. And I like that the the professional photographer went in that direction too. He's like, I mean, he's not the best, but I mm-hmm. mean, he, he's. It's pretty good. Well, well I like yeah. That. yeah. Just to like yeah. break down what I was saying earlier, yeah, it's yeah. Carlos, the border or the former border patrol agent, who said that he had three strikes against him: mm-hmm. being illegal, strike one; being a loner with a camera, strike two; and what happened with Grace Putnam, strike three. Yes. This is the first yeah. time we hear Grace Putnam's name. And he was friends with the family of Grace Putnam. And the sheriff, Pirano, he says that his house was jammed was jammed full of photos of kids, just kids in general, including Grace Putnam and roadkill. And these are two very different subjects that he took photos of. But the professional photographer that you mentioned, Aaron, he knew Francisco, praised his work, and basically said his photos weren't perfect. But he could tell he had a professional eye. And I like the point he made about the photos that he took. He took photos of like kids in an innocent and pure way. There was yeah. nothing Yeah. There was nothing indecent about them in spite of what Sheriff Prano says. Yeah. He thinks uh... that if photos are being taken of kids, that automatically labels you as a creepy guy. But I like how, in contrast, he had the roadkill photos. They don't really go into that too much, but I feel like that is sort of like a good representation of Francisco himself as a person. Like, he had this innocence, but he also had, like, a dark history. I think that's just who he was, but that's my interpretation. I don't remember if it was uh, Lynn, the professional photographer, or somebody who said that Francisco documented his life through his camera. So it kind of goes yeah. back to like what, what, what you're saying. He, 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 he liked to take pictures. Mm. Yeah. And, and before way, way before that, when they were interviewing like uh, the people in the town, one of them said that, uh, yeah, I was eating with my buddy and he dropped the sandwich and then Francisco just all of a sudden took a picture of it, which I find very interesting. Yeah, they, they also said everybody knew he was a photographer. Yeah. I mean, it was quirky of him to drop his sandwich and take a photo, but only if you think that art is quirky. The guy <laughs> the guy who um, recounted this story said it in such a snotty way. Like yeah. the way he was describing it, it was like the weirdest thing in the world. Which now I just realized this. He took pictures of roadkill and the sandwich being dropped on the floor. Uh, like it's very like you you would just on like first look like they're very different things, but it, I like, mean things that were like destroyed or dead, which yeah. comes very. That's the theme when we see what he was taking pictures of later, which yeah. all these things yeah. combine into one. 
thing, which is pretty cool. The the recurring theme there of things be like that aren't you yeah. know they're C- uh, yeah 100% that are wholesome and yeah. I just yeah. I just want to point out one more thing. So I'm sure that that he took more photos of just kids and roadkill there was probably a lot more mundane subjects like the sandwich he dropped but the sheriff of course is only going to mention the kids and the roadkill because those are the most in his eyes the most damning evidence of him being a bad guy francisco had a very specific theme for his pictures now i'm realizing that's pretty cool actually (laughs) that's pretty cool I mean that we that we know of, like even if he no, did yeah, only yeah. just take photos of roadkill and kids, like that's that's not damning evidence. No, 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 no. But even if it did, that that would be cool. Like two two polar subjects. There. Yeah, uh, it's, it's like the the beauty and the darkness of life. Like I see it, I dig it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yes, Zalazar said he had to take. Yeah, he took his camera out when the, all this stuff started to happen. Whatever happened in town, first instinct was to take out his camera and start taking pictures. So, which, well, you know, it's a thing that happens, you know. Yeah, that wouldn't be my first instinct, but, you yeah. know, more power to him. Documentation. Yeah. I, mean, I, I was of- telling Stratton, like, if I was in a horrible event like this, and if I had a camera in my hands, my first instinct would not be to take photos. It would be to throw the camera at the thing. At the thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So Lawrence, the reporter, wanted to talk to the trucker. And the trucker didn't want to talk with him, right? Until yeah. a little bit later. Until he did. <laughs> Skip ahead. The trucker called him, said he found something under his cab. And said that he didn't want to be a part of this anymore, so he just send the thing over to Lawrence, and that'll be the end of it. And then we get a little thing that says, "A week later, trucker is killed in an accident." So that's that. And a roll of film arrived to reporter Lawrence Ross's desk. Salazar had a camera on him that night. He documented what happened, and the you get the sheriff. Oof dismissing the photos as photoshop but come on bro let's get serious about this of course Uh, he thinks that they're photoshopped which i don't even know the logistics of like photoshopping stuff on film like actual like film roll camera i think that'd be a bit harder yeah yeah Yeah, well that just goes to show that he's just talking out of his ass he doesn't know what the fuck he's saying this ignorant piece of shit (laughs) he doesn't know yeah i would imagine it's a bit harder to do that uh but i mean it's probably doable but still i don't but know but the but the professional photographer like we see yeah. him talk on the subject too and he knows yeah. that the photos are real yeah just by looking at it uh we do get a photoshop photo of him in vietnam when he says he was a, a, a reporter <laughs> oh, yeah. in vietnam yeah, <laughs> you tell him this. yeah i was like okay all right, dude, you can you don't have to close up on it. You could have done it from far away, you know. But whatever, that's fun. Okay, that's pretty cool. It might have been like a little joke from the filmmakers. Yeah, yeah. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Though. So he was a reporter. Uh, he was a you know photographer in Vietnam. So there you go. People, there's people do take photos in high combat areas, very stressful time scenarios. It's a thing. 
it's it's so funny because I didn't yeah. notice that that was a yeah. photoshopped photo. Like it makes sense for the yeah. to help tell the story, but I didn't know. And I do a lot of my day job involves using Photoshop, and yet for the life of me, I do not immediately recognize when something is photoshopped. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I just readily believe. <laughs> I mean, yes. Uh, what else? The sheriff dismissing the photos. And I, I wrote here, let's do this. I was waiting for the photos to get to it. Either Salazar staged everything because he had a camera on him and took photos and he killed everybody and staged <laughs> everybody to ag- react the way they do on the photos. Or he's telling the truth. So we get that. And now we get a rundown of what happened that night. And I wrote here, in the beginning... Like the Bible in the beginning, at the start of all this, Salazar saying himself on the video. Salazar was loading up his camera to take pictures of roadkill, as you do. And Danny shows up. Danny is a friend of Salazar's. I forget his last name, but you know, he's not going to last long. Oh, yeah, Danny Montes. It doesn't really matter. (laughs) (laughs) Very ominous. Yeah, he's not going to last long. So Danny shows up bleeding. And Salazar put him on his couch. And what happened on his couch? He claims that he was dead. And he yeah. also says it wasn't Danny. Yeah. I mean, I think we have enough information in this movie so far that we can infer possibly zombie behavior. It's implied. They never, never, never say this in this film. Yeah. But. But. After this, it's pretty cemented it is now <laughs> after this uh, event that happens here. So Danny shows up bleeding. Salazar puts him on his couch. And Salazar sees, claims that he died. But then in the next minute, he comes after him. I love the way Salazar says it. He's like, he came after me. I love yeah. the way it's described. It's like in these terms that are like very, very vague, but very cool. The way yeah. he describes stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah, like here, he says, same body, same face, but it wasn't Danny. Yeah, it's very, it's not very descriptive. But like when you're, when you're in a situation like this, and also you can't really explain what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't know what's going on either. It makes sense yeah. that it would be vague and he's traumatized. So it makes yeah. sense why he would be so quiet and short with his answers. Yeah. It's a very realistic way of a person how he'd react. Like he's not a cool guy, <laughs> like mm-hmm. a military dude trained. You know, he's just a dude who worked on eye jobs around town. You know, like it's whatever. How did Zalazar stop him? And again, the way he describes it, he's like, "I held him, and I heard him, and he stopped." It's like, oh, dude. Like, I know you're not trying to be cool, but it's a pretty cool way of describing <laughs> it. <laughs> it's like, I held him, I hurt him, and he stopped. And how did he hurt him? They show pictures of it. It's yeah. a fucking... <laughs> a pickaxe. A pickaxe, dude. Out of everything. And oh, it's bloody. Shit. Yeah, hacked him with a pickaxe, dude. And how many times did he, like... Oh, I did put the number down, I think. Yeah. Shoot. Oh, no. I don't I don't see it. I swear I wrote it down. Oh well. Wait, I it thought was a I lot. Had it too, but it was a lot. It was more than four. I'll <laughs> say. <laughs> I think it was more than ten. Yeah. Oh no. Oh wow. 
Yeah. That's how I get crazy here. It was a lot. It was more than 15. I'm out of here. <laughs> it might have been. It might have oh, been. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and Salazar went for help into town. Now why would? Now why? Now why would? I'm defending him in court. Why would he do that? Now why would my client here <laughs> go into town? After he killed somebody. Now that don't make any sense. You're on. Hey, I told you guys to hide your accents. Oh my no. God. It don't mean a damn lick of sense. <laughs> All right. And we get the photo, the first photo, photo 01, photo 01, photo 01, the first one. Yes. It's something, a bunch of somethings running down a, a runoff. Yes, it is. For it a hill. Is so the reason he couldn't go south yes. and why he went into town for help is because behind his house in that direction is sort of like a hill with a lot of shrubbery and there's a lot of strange figures sort of running down the hill. That's what was captured in this really creepy black and white photo. It's so cool. It is so fucking cool. It's so creepy. Yeah, dude. That would make uh, me run. In, yeah, that would make me run into town too. Yes. Yeah, it's the despair, dude. I love it so. I like the enemy. Like, well, me of my my terms, the enemy. Jesus Christ! Like I was in a war or something. The <laughs> enemy. <laughs> the enemy coming down the hill after you. Not. not I mean, stopping. if somebody's trying to kill you, yeah. it doesn't yeah. matter what they are. They're the enemy. Yeah, it just like. If your cat just, angel decided to kill you one day, I'm sorry. Angel's your enemy. Yeah. That's my enemy. I have to destroy them. Oh. So after <laughs> this event with Danny and Francisco runs. Yes, he runs. He comes across Ron Templeton. A hunter. A, a hunter, hunter, yeah. With a rifle in a truck. Yes. Yes. So... Logically, that's a good place to go, right? Because he could yeah. protect you. Mm-hmm. But, but. And, okay, yeah, and they describe Ron was a good guy, part of the community, very important. Yeah. And, I love, though, that yeah. we get Ron's widow's perspective on the whole situation. Because mm-hmm. she yeah. thinks it's weird. She thinks yeah. it's weird that somebody as small as Francisco could take down somebody. Bigger than her him. husband's size. Yeah, he just like in general, like six one, whatever, whatever. And Francisco's like five eight, yeah, whatever, five whatever. eight, five nine, six one, and, and the weight, yeah, yeah. And Ron has a gun. That's the main thing. Like, yeah. and somebody as skilled as him, yeah, wouldn't miss a shot. Yeah, and they mentioned he patrols the area too, as well. So, yeah, and. But I like that their first three immediately was the cartels. Uh, and then they had to explain, well, cartel killings are done to make a point. This wasn't mm. designed to make a point. This is just, this is crazy. Random carnage. Yeah. Hanging people off a bridge. or Yeah. Well, if it was a cartel, they didn't have to kill anybody. They would just take it over. It's only 57 people. They would have just, <laughs> <laughs> come on, bro. Let's be serious here. Oh, photograph 03, which I think uh, I skipped over 02. I don't remember what 02 was. Uh, I don't know. I think O2 uh, was just Ron holding his gun, and you could see the things behind him mm. getting closer. Was it? Yeah, and that was a good point you said of he wouldn't have missed a shot. Well, I don't think he did. Like, uh, he didn't miss. Yeah. But, just got to run. Yeah. And I think even Francisco, even he says, like, yeah, it, it didn't do anything. Like, I think mm. he said, 
yeah, he, he shot at the people. It didn't work. Stratton pointed out that it was smart of them to dress this character in a black and white checkered shirt or a plaid mm-hmm. shirt because even when the photos are blurry, we still are able to make out Ron Templeton oh, as true. he's being like pulled down to the ground or attacked by these strange figures. Yeah. These beings. And we see another picture of Ron being taken down by the whatever they are. Uh, they do. That is weird. That is another thing. Whatever they are. Wink, wink. They don't show up clearly on pictures, which I thought was a cool I choice love to have. That, though. Yeah, and some of them look crazy. Like one looked like yes. they had a long ass tongue, and yeah. one looked like it had wings or something. I don't know. It was kind of like the vampire. Distorted. Lord. Yeah, very yeah. distorted. Like because you see Ron very clearly, and then the, the whatever you know the things aren't clear even up close. So I was like, that's pretty cool choice to have. It's probably because they're moving fast. Yeah. True. And if they had done like film footage of these things, mm-hmm. I don't know if it would be as effective. Right. True. Right. But when you have a photo, your imagination fills in the gaps. Yeah. So it does just enough, if not more than what a video would do. So this is yeah. <laughs> this is what I wanted to geek out about before, just the use <laughs> oh, of photos yeah. here. It's brilliant. I love it so, so much. It's scary, dude. So Ron. Ron. Ron's body never found for some reason. It's another thing. Where would he even put the bodies? <laughs> it's a lot of bodies. Yeah. It's a lot of time to bury them if he buried them or drag them to another place. You know, it's only it's only enough. Only uh, what's the saying? There's only so much time in a day. Mm. So especially, I mean, dismembered. Yeah, sure. a lot of them. <laughs> dismembered, yeah. Well, how many did we? There was there was a very small number. Seven bodies. Seven bodies were what was remained after all of this. Yeah, yeah. The others. I think there was what one funeral too. Yeah, or memorial or something like that. For, for there Ron. was one for was for Ron, and there there was a little kid. Well, I think that comes up later, maybe. At this point, Francisco is still a little ways from the main town. Yeah, still got a bunch of buddies to go. Not yeah. buddies, bodies. I I just yeah. wanted to wanted to say real quick about mm-hmm. about Ron's death. One thing that made me really enjoy this part was in this interview with Ron Templeton's widow, is that she says law enforcement was telling her to keep quiet right. and to yeah. not question them. So mm. she wonders if they were lying to her. So <laughs> right. One. This is just like feeding into our distrust of yeah. the law enforcement. It's mentioned to you more at the end mm. by Lawrence, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. At this, okay, you got Carlos narrating the whole rundown of the thing. So he says, at this point, it's about 8 p.m. He's heading into town. The more he runs, the clearer it becomes. He isn't outrunning anything, which I thought that was so cool. Yeah. I, I loved that, that line. <laughs> He's so cool, dude. I like Carlos a lot. Yeah, he's very good. <laughs> I love that so much. I love that the danger is already there. Fuck it, dude. Yeah, there's no good ending to this. I'm just going to say mm. that. Francisco is not like a Superman hero that's going to save everybody. No. Say. He's just the dude trying to survive. Yeah, he gets there. And then the photographs are just like photographs five, six, seven, eight, nine. And they're like... They're in the town. 
and the therapist asks him what was it what happened when you got into town and he just says it was complete hell uh, i love that so much hmm. yeah complete hell yeah just overrun by these things whatever yes. you want to call them fuck dude where can we go now um yes what else autopsy certificates would have you believe that he used a machete and pickaxe like a trained killer while taking and pictures yeah. sheriff but yeah he didn't have a weapon he he just had his camera <laughs> but you got two hands i mean oh yeah he's one 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 in one hand mm-hmm. and one in the other Clicking with the left, slashing with the right. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. What did the sheriff think he was doing? Like, how was he taking photos if he also had weapons? He's a dumbass. <laughs> Another thing he said that was so dumb is that he knew Francisco knew the town so well, and that's why he was able to move through it so quickly. But a yeah. small town of 57 people, everybody is going to know everybody yeah. and the whole well, layout of the town. Yeah, yeah and he said it was a handyman so he had keys to whatever whatever too as well but mm. still small town yeah that's the only thing he said that could be like put into evidence but like by yeah. that logic he could have been the killer <laughs> yeah everybody <laughs> yeah at this point eight fifteen, salazar making his way through town trying to stay alive and then we get the professional photographer explaining like every the biggest question everybody has, like if these photos are real, then why was he taking photos? Like why was he? Didn't he run away or didn't help? Like anybody? why was that his priority? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I get the professional photographer oh, yeah. explaining like he was in Vietnam. He's afraid of heights. When you're behind the camera, you're not afraid of anything because you feel yeah. like. You're indestructible. As long as you're behind the camera, you can't get hurt. So That was a cool, yeah. kind of a cool ex- explanation. Yeah. yeah. And we get another explanation later on. But yeah. yeah. To, to, according to the official reports, Salazar was incredibly organized and dispatched the town one by one, which is insane. And then the professional photographer praises him for being able to catch perf- so many perfect photographs on only one roll. <laughs> he gets very yeah. geeky about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. And using the lens type he used, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. sometimes with that lens, you're, you're going to get bad shots. You're going to get great mm. shots. Yeah. yeah. That's he's so like, cool. He asks, like, I wonder why he only took one roll. He probably had a, a, a bunch of it, but they probably yeah. fell when he was running Just around. Lost them or whatever. Yeah. That's probably, he's like, that's what would have happened to me. Like, well, it's especially with the lens that has yeah. that range that it had from 70 and 200, I think yeah. it's Yeah. 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 I mean, those aren't the greatest lenses either. You're going to get a lot of shaky, mm. out-of-focus, blurry photos. Yeah. It's very artistic, the photos, too. Very cool. Zalazar headed to the only market in town. And the reason for that is it had a land phone. What do you call it? Phone booth? Phone line. Phone, bo- phone line. Sorry, land phone. <laughs> a landline. Oh, a landline, land actually. Yeah. I love the way Carlos said he said this here is like well, he was trying to get to the landline, but if that was his goal, well, he was shit out of luck. Yeah, <laughs> he was shit out of luck. And then we see the photo Salazar took, and it's the market and a bunch of things in front of it, the phone. So ain't gonna get in there. Sorry about that. That's where he talks about 
mm-hmm. people not having cell phones but having like phone cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's how it is, man. Very poor people. And uh, I like Lauren's perspective too. Is like people ask why didn't any, why didn't anybody call the police? Immigrants don't call the police. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I was like yeah, that's a good point actually. Yeah. And now we get to the water tower. Yes, this is very sad. Yeah, very sad. You found something weird about this? Uh, I'm just that I, makes sense? so so. This is what I. Mm-hmm. wrote down and maybe you mm-hmm. can give me more context mm-hmm. i put he was also charged with the murder at the water tower but there was yes. no evidence he had ever been there mm-hmm. eight people supposedly ran to the top of the water tower and jumped mm-hmm. off to get away from him supposedly yes the closest he got mm-hmm. was three blocks from the tower says carlos mm-hmm. so what happened at the water tower exactly they were chased by something yeah, by the things I see. So, so eight people that weren't things were chased by the things up to the top yes. of the water tower. Yeah, and gotcha. they preferred to jump off instead of be devoured or bitten or dismembered. dismembered. Yeah, chewed. Mm-hmm. Chewed. Chewed is such a good. That should be in other things too. If like, good... if that had happened to them, if the things had caught up to mm-hmm. those people, then. Mm-hmm. All that would be left are stories to dismember. That didn't uh, quite work the way I wanted it to. Uh, I was gonna. I, I wanted to. I wanted to leave it hanging and be like, and be like, yeah, so drop off. I, I, wanted, I, I didn't have enough time to come up with something better. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna be like, yeah. I don't like. I don't like that term. I don't well, think that's that. Miguel needs to make a movie called Chewed. Chewed. Chewed is such a good That would be a very good, good horror film name. Dude. Uh, anyway, where we at? So water tower after that. So Salazar, when he yeah. he was actually headed to the Putnam family's house that he was friends with. He had a key to their Ooh. house and everything because he had done work for them before. Headed to the church, which I church. guess was their house. I guess. Oh yeah, to the yeah. church. Yeah. It's the house of God. To, yeah, it wasn't their house. It was God's house. But it was noted that it was strange because he had a key, but when he arrived there, the doors were ripped off their hinges. And why would he do that if he had a key? Yeah. Also, if... (laughs) And also how. Yeah, I was going to say, if I was able to rip the door off its hinges, I wouldn't need a weapon. Yeah, (laughs) you are the weapon. Francisco just ripping doors off walls. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much my same size as me. If I was able to do that, yeah, I would need a weapon, bro. <laughs> Come on, bro. Like, let's, let's get serious about this. It's like there's holes in this story or something. Yeah, yeah. True. Salazar, uh, Putnam's good people. He was friends with the Putnam's. Putnam's were in town to renovate the church, make a, bring Jesus to these people. They kept calling it the mission, didn't they? Yeah, mission missionaries. So that's what their deal was. They're missionaries. Salazar arrived. And in the photos, you see... At 8... Ni- oh, fuck. This one... At 8.19 p.m., <laughs> Dwayne Putnell made one phone call from the church landline, leaving a voicemail for the pastor. And... His voicemails intercut with very creepy photographs of the church and more of those strange yeah. figures. And he says stuff like, 
grace is gone. Where is grace? Don't judge me. Don't you judge me. Only God can judge me. Only he knows. It was kind of warbled there. I am Abraham. (laughs) And Stratton was quick to point out, who was told by God to kill his son. Mm -hmm. And he Mm -hmm. continues, a burnt offering on one of the mountains. I have done everything. I have no choice. I will deliver my family into God's hands. My baby boy. Yeah, that was crazy. Oh, shit. What did he say? He said, he I what? have no choice. I will deliver Before my that? family into God's hands, my baby what did boy. He do? What did he do up in the mountains? Oh, a burnt offering on one of the mountains. Oh, okay. That's pretty interesting. I didn't catch that. Ah. And he says, it's by his will that I will save them. I am not a sinner. I am clean. We are clean. We shall be clean. And... Listener, if you watch this film, like I did not do this part justice. It's it's very very yeah, creepy. This delivery, very... I got fucking chills. It was yeah. it was very very good. He, he didn't mention Grace a lot. Yeah, could be Grace. Could be his daughter. I know. Mom. I loved that too. Like he's talking about Grace, but it could also be symbolic of mm-hmm. them. As a humanity, like, losing grace in the yeah. religious sense. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't yeah, even notice he said some of the things he said. That's pretty interesting, no? Yeah, it was really creepy. Well, I'm a, it's not a good word. I mean, it was, to me it was creepy, but, I mean, clearly something has happened that he was directly mm-hmm. involved in. Yeah. Ultra-religious family moves into small town trying to bring Christ. And uh, the things he said is very interesting. Like, wow. And it's, it's, it's yeah. like just a tiny bit of information yeah. to make us want to know more. Like what mm-hmm. his involvement was, if it's related to what's happening with these figures. And... The first photo you see them coming from is from down from on top of a mountain. That's pretty cool. <laughs> kind of makes you think, too, that since he was able to be that cognizant at that time and still kill his family. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he seems, I don't know if I would call him cognizant because to me he seemed partly delusional or Mm -hmm. it that that's the tricky thing isn't it like it depends on where you fall on the religious spectrum to some people this might seem like completely coherent whereas to others it might seem incoherent to me when he was the way he relayed all of this was kind of frantic and where he immediately was like don't judge me don't you judge me only god can judge me and where he was also calling himself abraham yeah and he's clearly done something because he said he had no choice he did Mm. everything he had no choice he had to deliver his family into god's hands he is saying that he did something to his family there's no justifying that and he seems unhinged to the way he's speaking so we don't know enough like what exactly he's done yeah uh, and why but it's clear he is saying it himself that he did something to his family and it seems in a sacrificial way. Yeah. 
That's pretty crazy. I didn't even catch that until now. I mean, we get to it pretty quickly. The next thing is that Francisco says in this video footage, when I got there, I knew that I was too late. Putnam, Mm -hmm. this same guy, Dwayne Putnam, killed his family with a machete and then turned it in on himself when he saw Francisco. So I was going to say, you don't really know if he's turning into one of these things. Or what's going on, but it makes you think that if he is turning into one of these things, how much of a conscience or a thought process they still have while well, they are I, one of these things. I think he had something to do with creating these things or yeah. unleashing these things. And yeah, it's very. Uh, uh, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, Miguel, like you, you caught it too, because he was saying he uh, made a sacrifice on the mountain and those things came from the mountain. And one of the, there's another pastor here. I don't know his name. Good point. There's another pastor from somewhere else here. Getting chills again. Yeah. But one of the photos uh, they show is one of those things. And because it's black and white, you see a white cross on one of their, like on the side of its head, which uh, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't understand. But now we're going back to it. I'm like, oh shit, yeah, something happened. I'm gonna have to watch this again. I yeah, know. Honestly. There Same. Is a, yeah, one of those things. It's like has a cross on the side of its head in this photo. So, was like, it a tattoo? I, I mean, maybe or a brand. A, now I'll have to watch it again. Because I didn't, yeah, I saw that. I'm like, I don't, well, that's, that's weird. And I was going back to it again. I'm like, oh, shit, yeah, something happened. Something happened. And that's a good point, too, of, like, how conscious are these things? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. But I don't think they can make a phone call, though. We need a sequel. Yeah. Maybe they could. That's why they ripped the phone out of that. True. They did go... Well, that's another thing. They don't really... You can't really tell how uh, how long these things were in the town before Francisco got there. They might have been there, like, for, for an hour before, and he only yeah. caught them, like... The great thing about this film is how little information we <laughs> know about these things like yeah. to me that makes it so much creepier yeah they, they say yeah the pastor everybody has to everybody has to dismiss the photos because they're inconvenient that's, mm-hmm. that's how they say <laughs> it's a good word for it i guess um doesn't make any sense oh and we get to grace putnam again Francisco says, yeah, everybody was there except one Grace Putnam. Mm-hmm. And where was she, Lindsay? Yeah, she wasn't at the church. She was at the preschool, which was on the outskirts of town. Yeah, and kids were waiting for their parents who would never come. And this is the point that you were trying to bring up earlier, Miguel, where the professional photographer, he makes a very valid point about why Francisco would be taking photos. Yes. Uh, why didn't Salazar throw their own camera and help? And he's like, I don't know. Salazar, okay, first off, Salazar most of the time wasn't close to the action, even though it might look close on camera. 
this is where the lenses come in like you said Aaron. like sometimes you get nothing sometimes you get extraordinary detail why did zalazar take the pictures he's like why not somebody has to document what's going on if you if you know, like if you're able to document what's happening you should do it and that's what francisco did yeah he it's said like, he had a moral imperative too yeah it's like i liked that word <laughs> i was bookmarking it for later that's a ten dollar word right there <laughs> one of the fancy words we get do we get photos of what happened at the school or do we or is it like um we we do yeah or was the timeline here they say Salazar heads to the school. Yeah, so what I have is that he makes his way to the preschool, and at 8.30 p.m., all of the students remained in the classroom. They were waiting for parents that would never arrive. Never arrive. That's where, that's where the words go red, and then... Yeah. <laughs> in the docu- documentary, they highlight them. I think this is when we get photos that aren't francisco's photos they're like photos from news coverage because uh-huh. they're in color yeah maybe like first responders or something yeah and it's it's awful yeah a lot of blood a lot of blood yeah and we got a bunch of people talking about what happened at the preschool ah, i hate how realistic the fucking like uh, civilian people they talk to are because it's like oh my god <laughs> they were this is so annoying <laughs> yeah <laughs> jesus christ okay but there were there were nine students and one teacher so then it shows a support group for the victims families and it includes like the family of these victims hmm. and i mean it's it's sad it doesn't really contribute to the yeah story as much but some family members talking about the children. Yeah. Like, the guy was talking about his grandson. And and I think the teacher's fiance, he was one of the people. Yeah, and they said how some of the kids' first instinct was to hide behind a curtain. Because, yeah. yeah, it's sad. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like, if they can hide themselves, they can. Then they show the curtain all bloody. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, that's actually pretty powerful. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay. And the teacher's fiance, they had to have a closed casket for her, which Oof. speaks to how brutal it must have been for her, at least. Yeah. Uh, yeah and we Salazar starts crying, says he was trying to find Grace. He couldn't find her. And now he couldn't get inside the school. So he went around the back. And this is when we see photos. Yes, the photos. Yes, And uh, they said... The professional photographer, He's, he was like, I don't know why he did, why he took so many pictures of that one last subject, which is the, we see in the photo, is a girl screaming behind a gate with the mm-hmm. things coming after, which, ah, goddamn, bro. Yeah, that photo got me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> that got me. I'm like, ah, oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. So, like, it's a, it's a window with bars across it, so yeah. she's got her little hands clenched around the bars and just screaming i think one of them suggested that maybe he was trying to stop the attacker with flash from his camera but it shows multiple attackers from behind her and in the last photo it shows it shows him francisco 
grabbing Grace's hand. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the girl is Grace. Yeah, I forgot to say. Yeah, yeah. And in her final moments, uh, he also sings to her so that she wouldn't be alone. That's what I was trying to point out earlier when he was singing to himself, when he was talking to the psychotherapist. I'm not sure I would have to rewatch it, but I wonder if it was the same song he was singing to Grace in her final moments. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. It would it would be a good yeah. callback, and it's very, very heavy. It's very dark. But mm. Stratton actually pointed out something really cool about the last uh, photo as well. Like, as the attackers, these things get closer mm-hmm. and closer to the camera and closer to Grace. Mm-hmm. One of them was wearing a plaid shirt. Oh, that's good. It looks <laughs> a lot like... Ron. What's his name? Ron. Ron. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty heavy scene. That's the... Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty sad. Yeah, and the professional photographer dude is like, yeah, that's when he stopped being a historian, and that's when he became an active participant, when he decided to intervene or, you know, like... Step out from behind the camera. Yeah, like now... Yeah, now it's it's serious, dude. Now it's like... Yeah, I mean, you can't really do much, but it's like... Can fuck, I, man. It's, yeah. it's very heavy. It's very yeah. sad. Yeah. The one thing yeah. I will say though, if I am dying, if you <laughs> if either of you witness me dying and neither of you are able to help, yeah. I don't think I want you to sing at me. <laughs> I th- I think that might make me more upset if you're singing at me while I'm dying. You don't want to die pissed off. <laughs> I would rather you scream at the attackers even if it's completely fruitless <laughs> if he sing think that'll piss me off <laughs> just yeah. putting that out there just in yeah. case you know yeah you never True. know you never know just don't come near me as might as well just be far away from me i don't want to <laughs> see i don't want to see people not just being able to me. help me just go yeah. leave me yeah honestly <laughs> please no, oh just God. get out of here. Just leave me. Just leave me, bro. I don't want to. Come on, bro. You can't do anything to help me. Just get out of here. Get out of here. Do you want us to, like, cuss out your attackers? No, not even. Just Okay, not, okay. Just don't. If you don't have a weapon in your hand that can help me, just get out of can here. Can we might spit have. on the attackers? If you want. I guess once I'm passed just out. Just to, like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what it is. Anyway, let's get back into this. So yeah. what happened? Okay, so he cried. Yeah, it's that one hit him the most. He starts crying. The therapist, psychotherapist says either he's lying, he's crazy, or he killed them. And he's like, and he's not lying, honey. I don't think he's crazy. So I said that wrong. Something happened. <laughs> what was the three? He's lying, he's crazy. Or he's telling the truth, not killed him. He's telling the truth. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Basically, she doesn't think he's. Yeah, he's this. crazy, or he's telling the truth. Right. right, right. <laughs> he's not lying. He's not crazy. crazy. So he's telling. Okay. And in her opinion, he's not lying. And he's not crazy. So she can't say he's telling the truth officially. She but, doesn't. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. But you know, you read between the pages 
Uh, what happened next? At the end of his only interview, Salazar lapsed into a catatonic state. Had to be force-fed, right? Yeah, by prison authorities. Yeah. Which probably sucks. Jesus Christ. I don't think they're gentle. Yeah. Get a cool, like, court drawing. (laughs) I always love court drawings. I loved seeing the court drawings. (laughs) There There were political cartoons throughout this as well. Yeah. So seeing those and the court drawings were a really cool addition. Gave Make it some it realism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People talking. Uh, Lauren's talking about his books, I guess. <laughs> his books. I don't think they're real, but I well, he published. Really he published a book on this case, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was it called? It's a cool I title, know. I think. Oh, Let me you, see. they show the titles. There was like two books, one in English and one in Spanish. Yeah, Painted Black, The Unsolved yes. Murder Murders at Sangre de Cristo, which, eh, could have done a better title. Painted Black? Come on, bro. Yeah. It's pretty cliche at this point. <laughs> anyway, talking about murders. And uh, yeah, like you said, he goes into the history of all the hate crimes. And yeah, stuff. and so, I quoted yeah. him on this. He said... Mm-hmm. Murders have signatures. So who had the resources, the weapons, the political will, the anger, the motive to carry out the single massacre of an entire town? It's a familiar story we have seen played out time and time again. And it, it dives back into like history of KKK. But I just want to say like when he was when he was describing all of this, it sort of fed into a theory I had earlier in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I gave up this theory like eventually, but for a long time I was thinking it was Sheriff John that had done all of this. <laughs> like there's no, <laughs> there was no like way to make it make sense. Logically, it didn't make any sense, but the way his character is and the way he was like so dead set against blaming francisco for all of this i was so ready to believe that he had something to do with it but i don't think so at all yeah but it it does like raise questions in my head like thinking about who has the resources the weapons the political will the anger the motive it just makes me think back to Dwayne putnam like yeah what did what did he have to do with all of this yeah it's a good question I love the religious bent to this thing because it's like so cool. I love it. Mm. If it is a religious thing, like, dude. If it's like religiously motivated. Yeah. Or like, or like yeah. just or these things. If they're like, yeah. If like, they came from a portal from hell or something. Yeah. Like, I yeah. love that. Or maybe idea. they're angels. <laughs> angels too. Like, biblical angels. From- it did say in the Bible the dead would rise again. I'm just saying. Anyway. Yeah, that could be what happened. Gosh, it's just like Dwayne we Putnam do not know back. enough. Yeah. We don't know enough. <laughs> I love that. That's what I like. Yeah. A lot of people yeah. hate that, but I love that. I love that too. If you explain everything, it takes out the mystery. Yeah. So now. Uh, well, he was in, he's in jail, and now we get a bunch of like clips of people talking about it. Like, uh, yeah. The sheriff or deputy got promoted. A first responder. First responder, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that didn't really seem to matter a whole lot. I don't know. Well, yeah, uh, Dan DeLuca, kinda... he got promoted for services. For... The sheriff got 
reelected. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is important. Yeah. Yeah. But two days later, after Dandeluca was promoted, Salazar's conviction was upheld. And this is when you see like lots of clips of immigrant, pro- not immigrant protesters, but people protesting immigrants. Yeah. Yeah. Wanting, and they, they, they literally say this. They're wanting to prevent more Salazars from coming. Yeah, that was fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's just sort of painting a picture of how the political climate got even more heated after this massacre. Yeah. And of course, because of a certain kind of people. <laughs> the sheriff yeah. Sheriff Pirano got reelected to his eighth term oh, yeah, by a yeah, record yeah, yeah. margin. Yeah. Of course. People with similar beliefs to him. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I like the brought up the Canada thing too. Like you always hear that. Yeah, that was stupid. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, dude, come on, bro. You don't see a Canuck come down here to Michigan and murdering somebody. Yeah, well. They had to deal with yeah. their own problems. They're freezing up there, bro barely move <laughs> <laughs> they're stuck in place can't might have tried but you probably died halfway there yeah if I know. can't live in fucking canada bro oh canada is a pretty cool place i don't know i don't know i've yeah. never been i'm just talking <laughs> i like how it went from Canadians are cool we love you guys thank you for yeah. listening shout out um so yes re-elected apparently the borders overrun but you hear you hear that every year it's a bill passed I like how Carlos says that it doesn't hint like after Salazar was executed, um, Carlos says it doesn't end here. The mm. photos still exist. Yeah. yeah. And then the photographer, yeah. he says that he made his death count for something with those photos. Yeah. It's fuck bro. And I like the yeah. sister. Yeah. It was pretty sad. She couldn't get a visa and come watch her say goodbye to her brother. Yeah. Before he got executed. Yeah. And she also says, I think it would have been better if we stayed off it stayed in Mexico, which is a sentiment mm-hmm. uh, you hear a lot from yeah. people who stay. It's like, fuck, bro. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. America. So I'm still stuck on like these after effects because like right after the photographer says that his death counted for something, it also goes into Carlos he threatened legal action to have his name removed from Lawrence Ross's book mm-hmm. because maybe a listener or one of you can correct me, but it seemed like Ross is talking a lot about how the KKK could be involved with this event. But because Carlos has a completely different perspective of what happened he wants his name removed from the book because he doesn't want to be attached to misinformation. That's true. That's actually a really good point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause like Carlos is the one who is like the most, he's the most like unbiased and is just yeah. looking at the, the facts. facts that we have. Yeah. Just look for what it is. Not trying to find. Yeah. Not trying to find the answer, just going by what we, the evidence leads. And Yeah. Everybody else has their own agenda. Yeah, agenda. Even yeah. even even Lawrence Ross, who is has the right like message of like he probably didn't yeah, do absolutely. it, but, he, but he's taking it like even further. Like yeah, yeah. and yeah. he wrote a book, so 
Yeah. Obviously, he's trying to make some cash off of it, too. Well, he's he's got good messages that he's putting out there. Like, it's important to know this kind of history. But it is interesting to see, like, the two extremes from, you could say, on the far right is Sheriff John, and on the far left is Lawrence. And they both have these extreme perspectives, but neither are completely relevant to what actually is going on here. And mm. it is just interesting to see because we, we don't usually see all sides like that. But I guess the whole message is, is that it's, it's so dangerous to lean into misinformation or to lean into a certain bias and not look at something from all sides because I mean, in this case, an innocent man was convicted to death. Yeah. It's, um, as I understand Lawrence, because even with the photos, you do see a mob of people doing stuff. So he, he, I get where he gets a mob of people was responsible for it because there are people doing stuff in the photos anyway. So that makes sense. But it is interesting, isn't it? Like Lawrence. each of these big figureheads in this documentary. Sheriff John and this author, Lawrence, they each have biases when it comes to large groups of people. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> in between the two, like I, I am so much more empathetic towards the author than I am ship. I mean, that's just me. <laughs> Those, that's my political uh, alignment. Right. I would rather welcome in immigrants than give a pass to the KKK. But right. it is interesting how like each of these people, yeah, a lot of their beliefs that we're like seeing here is all revolved around like a body of people, which right. is the culprit here, but just not the one that they are. And in the end we find we are the real monsters. We are the real monsters. Yeah, no, that's super cliche at this point. <laughs> Who's the real monster? It's us. Oh, that's so deep. Not really. Uh, yeah, so, and then Carlos. I love Carlos. He's like, uh, yeah, I take my name off the book. Yeah, I did. Lawrence got scared. Is uh, He found the evidence, but he didn't see the truth. It's like, the truth is, the photos tell the story. And we start at photo number one, which is at the foothills, and then at 36, which is at the uh, schoolhouse. And nobody noticed, like everybody thought the attacks were random, but they were just so big that nobody noticed the pattern here. And the big the, picture. The big picture. And the big picture is they were always headed to one direction. And that direction is? North. Oh, shit. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's headed to the town near you. I like that silence for a second. <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing... it felt like it was building up to this profound message. Yeah. And at the end, I don't think I got anything from that. <laughs> I, I'm guessing like... It, it's headed north, and then they list off what, what happens then. Yeah. Well, right before that, um, mm -hmm. they sort of did this kind of briefly, but Salazar's 
prison grave was robbed and his body was never recovered. Mm-hmm. Was it dug up, they said? It seemed it like it. And the radio dude, he was very excited to report that, which is very gross. <laughs> right, because he, he was said, upset that he was, he was yeah. buried in Arizona. Right. Yeah, he made a big emphasis on that, like, basically that, well, he ought to be happy because he got buried in Arizona rather before he got deported. So it just goes to show his priorities. Like he would rather put his own views on immigration above his respect for human life. Yeah. Right. Gross. And we see very somber footage. Oh, so this is what Aaron was talking about. Like he was pointing out what where they possibly were headed right these figures that were headed north right yeah he's that north and i'm just like okay so like to where the populated cities are i guess I'm yeah assuming. so it yeah. it it goes into a lot and pretty yeah. fast but yeah did you not see what happened miguel no yeah 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 but I was oh, still, okay. I just didn't know, I don't know Arizona, so I don't know what north of, like, what their specific. Well, I was their, just talking yeah, about all the, yeah, yeah. the yeah. cities that were attacked in the yeah. video. And, and also, like, stuff. surrounding states, too, I think. Yeah. yeah. So California. This is, this is what I put down in my notes. A newspaper headline from June 3rd said, Six dead in apparent SDC murder execution. Four adults and two children found dead. Mm-hmm. Also, the bodies of two campers were found 115 miles north of Sangre de Cristo. More and more murders around this area and even in surrounding states. It's just it's just tons and tons of clips of just more carnage. Yeah. Three to nine and a It's very low numbers, though. It's like, <laughs> I'm a numbers guy. No, um... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we see park rangers recovered a damaged, what was it, tape? Camera at yeah, the tape. And we see the recovered tape, which shows a bunch of static. Oh, this was creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, very distorted fil- uh, video footage of campers spiking, playing, chilling, camping. And uh, we see, what do we see? Oh, we see a guy come up. Who's the guy? It's a jumpsuit, an orange jumpsuit, which I didn't know they buried you in an orange jumpsuit. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, kind of weird. But I guess <laughs> they had to kind of show you who it was. Yeah. Oh, man, I didn't catch that. That's so pivotal. <laughs> I mean, you can infer. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's fucking Francisco. He came back from the dead. Yeah. Because he was bit. And apparently that's a rule in this movie. You get bit. Even though it's religious mm. kind of. But. I love it. And yeah. We see him die. I wonder how they're going to explain that one. And the movie ends. And the. Well the <laughs> yeah. movie. The movie credits mm-hmm. go. And it's so cool. Because it's yeah. like the documentary credits. As if this is a real documentary. Yeah. And But it's intercut with the movie credits. But it also has photos of people with Salazar tattoos and murals yes. of zombies. So it's just sort of like planting the seeds of what 
happened after all of this. Yeah, and, and there was like a big sign that said "Free Francisco" or something like that hmm. on the side of a mountain. Oh, very shit. cool! And show people with tattoos, like like you said. It says the the mural that they made for that mm-hmm. was in L.A. and that. Even after two years after the movie, it was still there and they oh, cool. defaced it. Yeah. Oh, cool. It wasn't defaced? Right. Wow. Damn. That's impressive. So, yeah, honestly. <laughs> yeah, a good sequel would be cool for this one, too. After the world is after the events of this one. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. But I hope... If there was a sequel, I would hope that we would get some more documentary footage of conspiracy theorists, because that was the yeah. one thing I felt was missing in this whole series of different perspectives. We didn't see any conspiracy theorists who... We have just recently watched uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, mm-hmm. and I would have loved to have seen a perspective similar to... What was that one character who was a conspiracy theorist, but she was also like hit the nail on the oh, head onto what was going oh. on with the invasion. What was her name? Uh, Nancy, was it? Nancy? Was it Nancy? I think it was Nancy. Yeah. yeah. I, I would yeah. have loved a perspective from a character like her where just like everybody else in this movie almost, there was like half-truths because nobody fully knows what's going on. So a perspective like Nancy would be really cool. Somebody who who knows that it's zombies to blame but they are a little bit more unhinged so they don't really have the full details or anything right that would be cool in a sequel i do like the mystery of uh that being like a religious thing like oh my god that's such a good twist on yeah such a good twist i the the danger of a sequel is that they could give too much information Mm -hmm. and it wouldn't be as good yeah, that's uh, what happens to sequels sometimes. That's what happens. And they go too far. Oh, I, I was okay. Let's get into this. Go ahead, Miguel. Okay. Second time watching it. So good. I actually liked it a lot. Fuck, what do I give this movie? Damn. I don't know. I'm going to give it... Fuck it. I'll give it an 8 out of 10 books written... <laughs> By true crime cases, <laughs> I don't know. Wanted to make it the least depressing thing I could. Yeah, no, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, I liked it. All. Yeah, it's very good. Go watch it. Fuck it. It's a good way of using found footage because there's really no footage. I mean, the only footage is the documentary, and the scary parts are in photo form. Mm. So that's cool. Yeah. Good style of filmmaking. Alrighty then. Okay, anybody else <laughs> want to go with something? Yeah. Do you want me to go second, Aaron, since this was your pick, so save the best for last? Sure. Okay. So I talked about this before, but the use of photos is so genius. And I can see how it could be cheaper, too, than doing film footage. And it's also just more effective because your imagination fills in the gaps. You don't. You can't really risk, like some crazy movement and like taking you out of the realism of the movie and the blurry photography is so much more effective than seeing like some, I don't know, cheesy ass CGI or something. And it's also really cool to see perspectives 
from completely different people from completely different backgrounds and like political biases. And I, I don't know, that was really refreshing to see. I feel like you don't see movies in general go into such depth, especially a horror film. So I really appreciated it on that level. And I don't know. I was just really impressed. I had never heard of this movie before, but I loved watching this. I would watch it again. I will give it... I'm going to say 10 out of 10 negatives. <laughs> there you oh, go. Yeah, yeah. Creepy negatives. Creepy negatives. Negatives are creepy anyway, but these were like super creepy because of the content. Very good. I gave this a 10 out of fucking 10. 10 out of fucking 10. That's awesome. So this was my movie pick. And, you know, I watch these movies and rewatch them and see a lot of new things that I've not seen before. In talking with you two guys, we discuss a lot of things that you get somebody's opinion on a different or a different perspective, which really helps. And I'm going to say I do like this movie a lot. And it gets some bad reviews, but I, I, think, I think, you know, some people are just not into certain things or maybe they don't. They just look at things from face value. Yeah, and certain things like one review is like, it was just pictures, it wasn't scary. Mm -mm. You didn't get into the movie then. You didn't look at the backstory. You didn't look at what people said or what people did or anything like that. So it's hard for you to judge a movie and judge it low when you really don't know what's going on. I think there's a huge part of the horror community that bases whether a horror film is good or not based on how scary it is. And I think that is such a mistake. Yeah. Cause that's subjective anyway. Yeah. I mean, as far as this movie isn't going to jump scare you, but it's going to make you think and it shows you a lot of perspectives, which movies really don't do. Sometimes you don't get both sides or you don't even get like this movie, you get both sides from extremes and then maybe you got a couple people who are level-headed, kind of like our unofficial host, Carlos, you know, who took us to his town. And that's refreshing to see, but, it, you know, even for a movie that's eight years old, the pictures leave a lot to the imagination. And if you have to have stuff spoon-fed to you and somebody can say, ooh, this is <laughs> a zombie, well, that's fine. I, I'm not trying to be a dick, but, you know... <laughs> We tried to stay away from that word because nobody said it was a zombie. Mm-hmm. Do we think right. it's a zombie? Maybe. Probably. Yeah, maybe. Probably, but do we know? We don't know. Are these yeah. demons? We don't yeah. know. You know, you, we don't know exactly what these are. So, that being said, I really recommend you watch this movie. Give it a chance. Could be a tad slow for some people on certain parts, but it's really not. It moves pretty quick. It's only an hour and what twenty minutes. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. So it's it is kind of like I mean watching a show on TV for an hour. So my rating will be nine point two five 
trying to think of something nice as well. (laughs) (laughs) I'll do this. Mine's going to be 9.25 public defenders out of 10. Nice. Okay, there you go. (laughs) Jesus. There you go. Yay! A very well-rated movie from the three of us. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, what else we got here? What's next week? Do we have... Ah, uh, yes. Oh, oh yeah, yes. yeah, it's my pick. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... What are it going to be? It is... Gonjion. I don't know how uh, you pronounce Gonjion it. Haunted Gonjion Haunted Hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. That's my pick. Nice, that's Scary. a good one. That's, fuck, that's probably going to be the scariest one out of all these ones. So I took this to TikTok. I asked for recommendations and I got that recommended there, but also from our Facebook group, it was recommended. And I had independently come up with a list myself of found footage films I wanted to see. And this was Mm -hmm. one that stood out to me. So it seemed pretty clear that this is the one that we needed to watch next. And we also were recommended in your little trial for Hell House. So yeah. good luck to that person because it is coming out soon. Nice. Or it's already out. Well, right? It's yeah. already out. <laughs> By the time of this being released, it will have already been out. Oh, fuck, dude. Go on, Jim. Fuck. <laughs> fuck. Fuck. I hate that so much. Oh, man. We get jump scared so much. Uh, fuck, man. Oh, really? There's a no, lot of jump no, scares? No, 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 don't ignore it. It's I, just a No, no, no. I, I don't mind jump scares. Stratton does not like jump scares, and it's why he's avoided horror films for so yeah. long up until getting in a relationship with me. So I might recommend to him to not watch this if there are a lot of jump scares. Dear listener, watch it alone in watch the it. dark. In the dark. Hmm. It's going to be late at night. Alone in the dark. Yeah. And don't watch it like Miguel and I do by pausing it every few moments <laughs> to take notes. <laughs> well, I'm excited to watch it with you guys. All right. So I'm going to stop the recording. Does somebody yes. want to outro us? You want to say something funny so we can end it? Oh, God. <laughs> Every day of my fucking life when I wake up, <laughs> it's another day to improvise. And I'm a very bad improviser. All right. All right. Everybody's best goodbye. Let's do it. Okay. Our signature goodbye. Yeah. Our, give us a goodbye. Every one wait, of wait, us wait, wait. now. What's your best impression? Oh, fuck. None is good. It's not going to be good, but I'll do it, though. That's fine. Okay. Uh, let's see. This is my impression of... Gilbert God <laughs> saying goodbye. <laughs> oh, oh, what's his voice like? He has a calm one and a crazy one. Like, oh, Think about Iago from Aladdin. Yeah, was like good. I can't do the voice that good. I can't force that like gravelly like <laughs> harsh. Yeah, like how he does it, it's crazy. It's like I can't do it. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> This would be bad. There go. I can't. You, <laughs> no, no. you chose him. I did. I can't do it. I can't do anybody. Just try crazy. your best. All Don't right. think about it. Okay. Right, three, Gab- two, two, one, one. go. Gab- goodbye. There you go. <laughs> <laughs>
I can't, I can't do it. Goodbye. I can't do it. I don't need just a gravel thing anymore. It's crazy. All right. Lindsay. All right. So one of my few impressions that I can do is Kirby. <laughs> and normally oh. he says, hi. But because we're trying to say goodbye here, I'll say goodbye. <laughs> That's off. That's fucking cheating. I don't know. All right, okay, whatever. That's horrible. That's cheating, bro. I Is hate it? That. It's not. But maybe I just played the rules. Yeah. Well. All right, Aaron, give us a good one. Let's get it. All right. I haven't done this in a while, but I used to crack up my kids back in the day. Hold on. This is gonna hurt. <laughs> my mouth is dry. Raggy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. That was perfect. I swear I'm going to put that at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> that was good. I'm glad, I'm glad we did that. I used to do that a lot better. I'm out of practice. That was yeah, good, well. though. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Stories to Dismember podcast. Please be sure to tell your friends, subscribe, and leave a rating. You can contact us at storiestodismember at gmail.com, and we'd love to hear from you. You can also follow us on TikTok at storiestodismember. The music for Stories to Dismember is provided by Wen Feather, and episodes are edited by Stratton Meyer. We can't wait to hang out with you next time. Bye-bye. I pulled a muscle in my leg just now. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. I'm sorry. <laughs> damn you. I'm sorry. You don't have I'm to. No, 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 no. It's I pull okay. muscles like every day. So. There was one time where I turned to, to grab my seatbelt to put it on. It locked up my back and I couldn't move for like oh, five minutes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> one time I was brushing my hair. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> One time I was brushing my hair and I this is when I had much longer hair and I got a knot. Like I my comb found a knot and trying to work it out made me pull a muscle in my arm. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's pretty I have this I don't know. That was a weird thing when I if I sneeze too hard my ribs start hurting and it fucking sucks. I don't know if you have that. Like no, I had that for ouch. a while. Yeah. Yeah, if I cough too much, yeah, I get the same thing. Hmm. It's like, it's like, <laughs> our ancestors would be so proud of us. <laughs> shit they had to deal with. Can't even sneeze properly. <laughs> Some dude's like, I'm fighting off this damn mammoth. You're talking about you sneeze and you pull muscles. You're pulling muscles, brushing our hair. Yeah. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs>